Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome. Hi, I'm Josh Weller. And I am Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. That was a good Dirty Air. That was then, good, wasn't yeah. It? That was very good. Hungover. Um, can we just take a second? I just want to play you the Monaco, the Monegasque uh, national anthem. Here we go. It's quite an interesting national anthem. It sounds like money. Yeah, there's a real. It's the it's the celebration of people. Like all national anthems, I suspect, in some way, are the celebration of the best that that society has to offer. And I think that the best that the Monegasque society has to offer are the richest. And also, that's like amongst rich people. It's not like the poor are celebrating the rich. It's like the rich are celebrating the richest. Yeah, that's the Monaco, uh, the Monaco National Anthem was written by a rich man mm-hmm. at a party. where they went we need a song that sums up and it's like are we a country sure like it's got this um, um, no poor country has an umpa national anthem like um, 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 um. it's like the perfect accompaniment to bragging about your career achievements after a bump of coke isn't it (laughs) it's like the the great it's a great soundtrack for that (laughs) What's is the Brit? What's the is the British national anthem a good representation of Britain? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What God save because that could easily be God save our gracious rich. Learn. <laughs> oh, to you think it sounds rich? Her, no, I think that that's what the message is. It's like because the, the British thing is whole, all about like class system, isn't it? Or we are obsessed with class in this country. So what they're saying is. You know, there are people better than me, and that is really great. I am not worth much, she's worth loads, <laughs> and that's fine, because she's great. For, the Italian one's good, it's a Fratelli, l'Italia, d'Italia, sedesta, which means brothers of Italy, Italy is on the right. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Is that what it says? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, but also it's very, again, it's My like, Italian friend told me that if that's wrong, listener, then please, then it's if not If there's my any um, Tifosi listening. If, oh, do we have any Tifosi listening? I hope we've got some. I've got my Scudea Ferrari hat over there, don't we? Real Tifosi as well. Not like people who fancy Charles Leclerc and what's dry. I mean like Italian, someone who's, someone who remembers Schumacher's 97 Ferrari. Somebody who's like serotonin- uh, production system is completely linked to the success of the Ferrari car. I mean, the Italian national anthem is essentially the Ferrari national anthem as well. Mm. And uh, it is, even if that is the lyric that it's on the right, it's very easy to forget. Or Obviously, I understand Italian, but like there's that bit, there is the best bit in any national anthem where in the in the Italian one where it goes, bum, bada bum, bada bum. It's just the best bit of any. There's no greater bit in a national anthem. They're so silly, aren't they? National anthems. Oh. It's really 
they really creep me out. Yeah, they're creepy. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. really, really creepy. Yeah. And the fact that you get two on the podium as well. That's just a nightmare. Just, I, every day. We built the car. We built the car. Has there been an Italian drive for Ferrari? Uh, yeah, not for a while, though. Who's I the mean, last, the closest we had was recently. Italian to drive for Ferrari? Well, the closest was Giovinazzi. Um, but he was, uh, he, he was junior. Get on the podium anytime soon, yeah. though, was he? He wasn't winning any races. Um, um, uh, sprint race. This is the first time experiencing doing the podcast like this. And I didn't watch the race live. I watched the race. Um, you heathen. I watched, I didn't watch the race live cause I was doing a show during the race. That's or- why, that's why it's late. Cause Alfie was taping, um, a special, can I say that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alfie was taping a stand up comedy special yeah. in, in Liverpool. Liverpool. On a His second home. Yeah. My second home. I'm also. Yeah. Lots of fans uh, came up to me afterwards of the podcast. So thank you very much. Did for, they really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why does this never, I reckon if, a, if your fans saw me, even if they love the podcast, they'd be like, nah, yeah, not that guy. Well, it's, yeah, it's he's an, not Alfie. It's an audio podcast as well, isn't it? So who knows what, and I'm wearing a helmet, wearing in a helmet and the, nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They see you walking Fuck. along in your Nora Efron t-shirt, which Josh is wearing today, by the way. I think, yeah, that guy doesn't have a Formula One podcast. I'm a complex man. You are I can enjoy man. Formula One and I can also enjoy the screenwriting and um, books of, uh, of feminist writer Nora books. Ephron. Um, okay, so the sprint race is stupid. Uh, yes. It's a stupid stop it. Stop it. It doesn't know what it is. Either make it two laps or just have a full race. Formula One relies on strategy and pit stops and tyre deg for the races to not be rubbish. The races, it's a stupid length. I think do a sprint race, put them all in go-karts. The sprint race all in a Haas. Like oh, everyone drives a Haas. That's a great idea. Or just all in the same engine. Yeah, yeah. That's so a you great have a sprint idea. Race car, or they, they drive like Formula E cars in the sprint race, whatever. Yeah, not that. I don't want not, that. Not that. No, not the cars from, they like the cars in Minority Report, the Formula <laughs> E cars. drifting around the track. Uh, <laughs> the other the, thing I wanted to note in, so both Mercedes went out in qualifying, right? Both Mercedes went out in qualifying. And do you think the owner and the, like the board at Liquid Molly, when you crash into a Liquid Molly hoarding? <laughs> yes. yes. Look at all the people who are looking at Liquid Molly. Um, how much did we pay for this weekend? And we got how much screen time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be beside yourself, which, unless the driver died. Or you can like backhand like a wad, a big sweaty wad to uh, George Russell and go, there you go, come out and smash into the liquid molly, please, mate. Liquid molly sounds like a legal festival drug high thing, doesn't it? I still don't know what liquid molly... A pipette of MDMD. Yeah, 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 yeah. We went to a wireless festival. And took some liquid molly before Drake came on. <laughs> Do you think that's a big drugs one? In what are those hats that people wear at first? Bucket hats. A bucket hat. Yeah, yeah bucket yeah, hats yeah. and sunglasses on string, wearing sliders and doing like uh, like uh, finger gun into the air. Yeah, w- watch Phoebe Bridges on some liquid molly. That's, mm. a, that's a liquid molly act, yeah, yeah. isn't it? There's something about the Austrian track. It's like seven turns and the sprint race, for me, it just doesn't work there. I don't understand why they would choose. I understand the business perspective of the sprint race. They get to ticket for an extra day. Yeah. Um, they they get- sell the idea of a second race, but I just think that that's the thing about it is that nobody's buying it. Nobody's happy to be wearing that thing that they all get around their neck afterwards. <laughs> yeah, the metal. They'd all look like that's something like a gangster puts around your neck before he throws you in the river. Yeah. Also, did you see Leclerc and Sainz arguing after the race, after the sprint? Leclerc took his medal off and him and... Because basically what's happened is, like I was saying last week, in every Formula One team member relationship, there comes a point where the, the sort of uh, the fake friendship, PR friendship snaps and they become rivals mm. and they go, Oh my God, we both want to win now. And that happened last week when science won, like Leclerc did not take that well. Yeah. And after the race, cause they had that pitter patter and this, this like arguing over which driver goes first and what the Ferrari strategy is, is ultimately why Red Bull are running away with the championship. Yes. They've over a period of years have managed to sort out the power balance between the two drivers. And the fact that I think that science and Leclerc, they, it feels like they should, like Sainz is older, but he's still young enough to have that huge sense of ambition. He's not young enough to want to 
take second fiddle. He's a weird choice for a second driver because you put him in the best car of his life in the peak of, at the peak of his power, at the height of his career. And they do let them go racing, but Charles seems to be doing well despite a lot of the way that Ferrari is run, not because of it. I think Carlos seems to be having a lot of bad luck as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, Charles, I mean, his car did explode twice <laughs> during the race. <laughs> I don't know why I was resistant to that point initially, yeah. actually. I don't know that you put it like that. I'm reluctant. Like at this point, I don't know. Cause last week, here's the thing. We've been calling signs Garfunkel, yeah. right? He's been Garfunkling. And last week he got to be Paul Simon. He got to taste what it was like to write. You can call me Al side, last week. Side point. How many UK number ones did Paul Simon have? Ooh, good question. Sub question. Is it better to burn out than to <laughs> fade away? Um, uh, I don't know. None. Really? How many did Art Garfunkel have as a oh, solo no. artist? How many? Two. <gasps> wow. Do you know what they were? Of course uh, you don't. No, of course. I've never heard of Art Garfunkel. Yeah, but song. how many number one albums oh, did Paul I Simon look, have? I'm, look, accept my quirky fact. That is a good fact. I miss the old medals as well. You know, like last year, they got like a big, stupid 70s driver's wreath, like the flowers that yeah, went yeah. around their neck. Like and a then huge they, rosette of yeah. stuff, like a, like a Christmas door thing. Yeah, like old Formula One. And then they just drove them around the track in a, in a lorry. Mm, in a, interviewing them whilst they were waving at everybody. Yeah, like a, like, pub, like a pub band at a village fair yeah. where the lorry like side comes down. <laughs> and they're all the drivers, there was that look when Bottas won the first sprint race last year when he was like, this is... I'd rather have not won. Yeah. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Also, let's just touch on the, um, the, the Dutch fat, the hooliganism, the Formula One issuing their weekly statement going, we, this is unacceptable. And then doing nothing about it. Yeah. Quickly release the information about Bernie's fraud. <laughs> There's something really funny about, um, hooliganism in Formula One. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not for hooligans. It's no. for nerds. Yeah. But I do think that if you are a proper Formula One fan, then what are you doing going to the race? Nobody goes to a race to watch the race. You go to the race to get drunk and smash things. And then like every now and again, you see something go, meow. Then, oh, that was good. I'll see you again in a minute and a half. You're not there to go and enjoy a race. You're there to go and like hang out and like nobody, obviously nobody was interested in watching the race because they all tried to obscure their view of the thing with orange smoke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Whoever owns the flare factory must be, this must be their best week of the year. Mate, remind me before the Austrian Grand Prix next year to buy shares in. <laughs> flares. To buy flare shares, shares in orange flares. Uh, yeah, orange flare shares. That must be a good, uh, whoever owns that flare factory being like, right, how many we sold this month? He goes, well, uh, red flares, we've sold uh, 12. Um, blue flares. We've sold two. Orange flares. Ninety-seven thousand. Mm. Just them, them figuring that out. Hang on a minute. What? What's happening? Why do they have different colour flares? If that's what they're genuinely for. If they're for when you're lost at sea, is it so that you can pull an orange one and that for the rescue delivery people know the rescue delivery, <laughs> the rescue delivery people, whatever they're called, <laughs> they deliver the. Yeah, they can't have a blue flare. The can they? Oh, it's Dutch people. I'm not going to bother. I mean, like, that, no, there's, I, that would be funny if there was a nationalism to the flare colour. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just the brightest thing that you would see at sea. I can't be orange because then if it's sunset, you might not see it. Yeah, but so then why are they making orange? It must be for this purpose now. And this was a thing made popular by Liverpool fans at football. They got red flares and now it's become, it's spread throughout football and now it's managed to make its way to the Dutch F1 Ultras. It's uh, um, a minority of whom were bad dickheads. Yeah, but you've got to give... The, okay, here's the thing. Firstly, I'm fine with the booing because this is just what happens when you make a sport a mainstream popular yeah, sport. Yeah, that's good. Make everyone stop. This isn't This isn't how we do things here. It's like in Happy Gilmore with the golf. Like, it's just... just you're right. That's not how it's done. But also don't make four Netflix series and make the show... I said this last week. Instagrammable, memeable. People are going to boo. Get over it. But I do think that we also need to give the Dutch a little bit of leeway here with their racism and their homophobia. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you finally said this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I'm not saying that what they did was okay. Yeah. I'm but. just saying, give... <laughs> Wait, hear me out. Hear yeah. me out. And what they did, are terrible, obviously. They mm -hmm. need to all be banned. However, they don't have much. Like, aside from Anne Frank and Rembrandt, they haven't had much the last 50 years to get excited about, have they? Yeah. There's never going to be another Dutch Formula One world champion. 
I mean, who have they? What musicians? Armin van Buren is their biggest musical <laughs> export. I think somebody's clearly never been to the Lily Museum in Amsterdam. <laughs> and also, they're burning all the Ferrari merch. That is the. Was it Ferrari it's merch? It's so lame. It's so. Is it soft boy? Is that the so, word people use now? So this is the thing is they're all, and they are nerds, but they're nerds who have gotten. They're nerds who have become amped up. They're amped up nerds who have watched football culture. So when a, when a footballer moves from one team to another, the previous team will often burn the shirt of whoever's moved. The flares, it's a football thing. And this is all just football stuff done badly. Obviously parking the like criminal offences, which were, an, uh, you know, the, the, the bad behaviour taken into its awful extremity and they should be banned and kicked mm. out. And I liked that what Toto said, these are, uh, amoebas. These are people with one cell. Did he say cell. amoebas? Like, I think he said these are people with one cell or something like these that. These are people with one brain cell? It was good like was that. Was that good? Yeah. yeah. Why is it funny to me that burning Mercedes merch, given the sort of historic war neutral being very nice to Germans, is that why they burn the merch now? Do they, they hate the Germans because they let the Germans in their country during the war? When you... <laughs> Look, nobody like let the Germans in. The Germans came into their country. No, but they went, we're not taking sides. And the German went, the Germans went, yeah, we'll see. But not take, like not taking sides is a way of just, that didn't mean that afterwards it was like, ah, no harm, no foul. Don't worry about it. Anyway, I thought the Dutch-German football rivalry again is huge. And, you know, it makes sense given that all the carryover from uh, football that they would be uh, burning Mercedes merch given the rivalry historically between the two countries which I think it started in the war but then made worse when like um, Rudy uh, Rudy Voller spat at Frank Reichard or something why are you looking at me is that a football thing Mm. why are you looking at me to know because you're the only person I'm podcasting with um, yeah just, I'm the only person in the room but I'm the wrong person I'm still the worst person I'm here gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna like that. I've been looking at you the whole time I'm not gonna start looking at the floor when no, I say the, Rudy your tone there was like you know that football guy from the I was just I letting the listener know. know that I wasn't sure that I was saying the right name. here's what I know about football Eric Cantona mm-hmm. Peter Schmeichel wearing green mm-hmm. that's it and I know all the words to um, three lines do you? Yeah, but I thought it was three lines till I was about 12. Yeah, so, so it's not that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My football knowledge. Um, okay. What, um, it was a very cute race as well. Toto took his uh, son yeah, with him. That was very nice. cute. That was really nice. Would you like to take your son to an F1 race? I'd prefer to take him to an F1 race than I would, pref- than I would take him to my place of work. I think the Formula One would be a more suitable place for my child to go than my own workplace. Than a comedy club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but hopefully we are going to get him on the podcast soon. I really want to get your son on to ask him for his F1 opinions because he has some good ideas. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like it, people without too much prior knowledge are the true creatives. They haven't learned the rules yet, so they don't know when they're breaking them. It's like you, you write your most interesting stuff on piano when you le- before you learn how to play it. Well, given Mercedes' performance, maybe that's why Toto took his kid <laughs> <laughs> into the garage. You got any, uh, what do you think we should do here? <laughs> it felt a little bit like there's, there was something about Toto, because Toto, there was a, the, the social media footage of Toto with his kid in the paddock mm. and all the drivers, it was very cute. All the drivers were high-fiving him. Um, and then on the f- private plane afterwards, flying back to, I assume, England, but there was Smacky Bot Bot, Lewis, Angela, Toto, Susie, all in the same private jet, which is nice that Valtteri and Lewis were in the same plane. I don't know why that makes me feel warm inside, but it did. Because they're friends and you used to, because Rosberg isn't getting on that plane, is he? There's no way that... No, Lewis uh, or Max is definitely not no on that plane, is he? I mean, he might have been sat in the cockpit. He might have been in the kind of baggage in the jump seat with TNT straps to his chest. <laughs> um, he's got, um, there was something about Toto with his kid there that made me feel a little bit like, you know, when um, you're, it's like your his wife had been like, you're not seeing our son enough. And he was like, fine, I'll, do you want to take him to the, I'll take him to the race. He can come in the paddock. He can come on the plane. There was something a little bit like. Uh, him trying to be like, oh my God, all right, fine. How do I, it's my turn with the kid this weekend. There was just something, I might be totally wrong, but it just felt a little bit like that. And then also almost resenting all the photos that are being taken. Like this is going to look like a f- stunt. This is going to yeah. look like PR. This yeah, is going to yeah, yeah. wield my kid out for, to win favour. Yeah. Not winning any races and suddenly I'm dra- dragging my kid along for credit. Ugh. Um, 
Let's, should we get into our Formula One race review? The Formula One race review. Um, before we do that, um, I'll have a little bit of trivia for you um, regarding the Austria uh, ring. Um, who is the only driver to win his or her home race in Austria? I don't know. I mean, uh, um... well, immediately Austrian drivers. It's not, there aren't that many. Right, home race. I don't know what you meant because it could be like, that's Red Bull's home race. Yeah, Red been... Bull have too many home races. It's like, all right, Red Bull, calm down. Oh, it's a, Silverstone's a home race because we built the cars over here. Austria's a home race because it's near where Max lives. Like they have too many home races. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and actually, it'd be interesting if there was a Dutch Grand Prix, but they had to do it in boats. Who is the only driver to win his or her home race in Austria? Uh, I don't know, Joshua. Um, I I give you a hint. He talks like this. He has a voice where he says. All the bullshit. He says nothing that doesn't matter. And then that's all he says. Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda. The, this is the race review for the Formula One Rolex Grosser Prix von Österreich. Uh, Grosser Price. Grosser Price. I'll do it as Nicky. Uh, the Formula 1 Rolex. The Formula 1s. Do they say Formula 1s? I mean, that is one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure they do. Rolex Grosser. Grosser Price von Österreich. And then I guess Zwanzig. 22? Again, like we're into I don't know territory. Okay, great. All right, fine. Well, at least we know where our limits are. In 10th place, speaking of limits, Latifi um, and uh, Albon finishing um, Latifi DNFing in 20. Back to his DNF. Um, yeah, Albon finishing in 12th. Um, Latifi, my, my logic here is that the new Stranger Things block came out. Ah, uh, yeah. This week. <laughs> I, th- th- I, I just thought it was no coincidence at all. Every, like he, he, he finishes a couple of races. Suddenly everybody starts tweeting about how good the boys is. Another DNF. <laughs> like coincidence? Yeah. I don't think so. Stranger things as well. Um, I think with, with Latifi, there is um, at the moment, you know, like everyone is like, oh my God, they've all found, all these young kids have found Kate Bush and Metallica because the songs are in Stranger Things. Yeah. I guarantee you Latifi's like, hey, has anyone heard of this Kate Bush? She's all right. Yeah. She, I, I, tell you what, I, t- I tell you what I never thought I'd like. Uh, Metallica. Have you? I always just thought heavy, heavy metal, but I was watching Stranger Things three minutes after I DNF'd Austria and they've got some absolute bangers. <laughs> he, Latifi, I guarantee he'll be wearing a Metallica Master of Puppets t-shirt as he enters the paddock this year before the season's out. Mm. Mark my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's exactly the sort of person he is to immediately go onto one of those websites where they sell like t-shirts where it's the same model for each t-shirt, but they photoshopped a different pattern onto the chest and he go, Oh yeah, I'll buy that, I'll buy that Metallica. Yeah, great. Absolutely. He'll buy the t-shirt before he buys the album mm. um, from album to Albon uh, 12th place. Um, I mean, Albon is of all the, of all the formula one drivers who, um, you know, Albon has genuinely had a troublesome past, hasn't he? His mum was in the slammer, wasn't she? Yeah. In the clink. For in- insurance fraud, which is one of the less glamorous reasons to, oh, was it insurance or maybe fraud? one of the more glamorous reasons. I to thought she to. shanked somebody. I, maybe she did in jail. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, um, after uh, was it Austria twenty twenty mm. when uh, Lewis took out um, Albon while he was in the Red Bull, thus fortifying him getting dropped. Maybe that's when she that happened twice. Drank some toilet wine and shanked herself. <laughs> 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 Ninth place, Aston Martin. <laughs> Vettel in uh, finishing a, a disappointing 17th, 14th in the championship. Lance 13th currently. I mean, Lance is 19th in the championship. There's just, I don't even have any notes here. I have a blank, I have five blank lines under my Lance Stroll notes. There's nothing to say. This was the weird thing about this race is that, like, you. I kept on glancing over to the left to look at the standings and I would go, oh, Lance Stroll's eighth. Yeah. That's good. Oh, Lance Stroll's 17th. That's bad. <laughs> oh, Alonso's sixth. That's good. Oh, Alonso's 14th. That's bad. What the fuck is going It kept on. And the commentators, for when anybody overtook anybody, just, oh, yeah, there's an overtake there. That's good. I, lo- I love <laughs> overtaking. Like, but they were so calm, except the only time they ever get animated is when they're telling you how many miles an hour DRS gains you. How many miles is it, Alfie? It's 10 miles an hour. Is it really? And then I looked it up and it's not. It's about five. Yeah, the beginning. Welcome to the Austrian Grand Prix. It's 10 kilometers per hour. It's not 10 miles an hour. What was your tire compound? 
What was your tire comp? This is such a dumb question. Tire, tire compound, compound of the week. What was your tire compound of the week? Um, <laughs> I think I liked the hards. I like the hards. The hards were my one. But I, I mean, again, I, you know, I've said this before. I think I'm moaning about this every week, but I just long for the days of the hard, medium, soft, super soft, ultra soft, mega, mega. Oh, I miss those. Soft, I miss like, the purples. Uh, I miss the purples so much. Lager, 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 <laughs> lager, soft. Um, <laughs> the I get knocked down, but I get up again, soft. That's exactly the song that I think of as a accompaniment to that other yeah, song yeah, as well. Yeah, they are the yeah. same song. They are the same yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vettel, um, obviously, after the race, I thought it was really funny how he was just covered in black carbon while he was doing. So the Aston Martin is such a dud car this year. They haven't even figured out how to diffuse the the dirty air to not go into the driver's face while he's driving. He's wearing a helmet and then under the helmet, he has that, which has about two and a half, three inches of padding. And what's the, what's a helmet made of carbon fiber. Sure. And, and then, and then he's, they wear that, that sort of balaclava fire retardant mask mm-hmm. and Vettel's face afterwards was still, he looked like he was in Mary Poppins. Like Chim Chimini Choo Choo. <laughs> he looked like he'd been up on the rooftop doing that big sing song. Chim oh, that's Chimini, a good number. Ch- what, is that what it is? Chim Chimini Chim Chim. Is that the song on the roof? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're all chimney sweeps. I think that's the, the sweet. You'd imagine that the Chim Chimini is the chimney song. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh, God, Lord, marching. I don't know. After that race, I just couldn't break into the points. I thought we had a good pitch stop. We were the downforce of the car. Oh, Mary Poppins. Them hooligans got me right cheesed off. None of that behaviour in Formula One for me, my lady. <laughs> I'm Seb Bell, and do you know that when the last bee dies, humans will cease to exist within two years? We need them to cross-pollinate the old neonicotinoids, don't we? The neonicotinoids, <laughs> essential for the pollination of plants, which... <laughs> Further continues our ability to process carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. I feel a song coming on. Who's that picking up litter after the race? It's Seb Vettel. Neonicotinoids. <laughs> also, uh, Vettel stormed out of the drivers' meeting before the race, was fined, a suspended fine, £25,000. I think we should all get suspended fines when we misbehave. Oi, you were driving 69 and a 60. You get a suspended fine. What does that mean? Well, it means if you're nice, you don't have to pay it. There are all sorts of suspended fines. Like when you get a parking ticket, it always says, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, like they go, it's a 120 quid fine. But if you pay within two weeks, it could be 60. Would like to make you think you got a good deal by having parked 10 minutes longer outside Angel Waterstones than you agreed <laughs> with the council to originally. And the FIA said it, um, that Seb failed to live up to his uh, status as a role model. So let me get this straight. The FIA, who fixed a race last year Ooh. and who, um, okay, and amongst the uh, racism and homophobia and groping in this race had to issue a statement while doing nothing. And in all, every race, every week they have to go, yeah, sorry about the racism, guys, and the historical racism in the sport. They said that Seb Vettel was a bad role model. Seb Vettel is a man who sits alone making honey with bees and goes on question time. And the FIA said he was a bad role model. <laughs> I mean, who, who are the drivers in like, like Mazepin? Mazepin only really left the sport because of a war. Yeah. I mean, he's a good role. Why was he? Do you know why he was storming out the meeting? He stormed out because uh, he wanted to talk about um, the uh, exit turn overtakes, meaning that when a you have how much a car can be in front of another car now when in regards to shutting the door on a corner and the um, FIA director, whoever gave the meeting only wanted to talk about the pit lane entry point of the Austrian Grand Prix and how the tires going over a certain line constitutes um, a clear passage into the pit lanes, which uh, to be honest, to be fair to Seb does sound fucking boring. It does sound boring, doesn't it? I mean, it all sounds, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm not in the driver's meeting. I'm glad that I don't have to hear about it too much, although I was interested. I thought maybe he wanted to talk about like, you know, Austrian farming policy or something. <laughs> like, I think given how much of the driver's lives are televised and given to everyone now, I think it's we should just be allowed back in the driver's race uh, meetings. We used to be able to watch them. 
Yeah, sometimes you get them on like Drive to Survive where they're talking about PR, mm. like Lando and Danny Rick going, how are we, are we going to have to pretend to like each other this week? Yeah. Or what? <laughs> Eighth place, Alpha Taudi. They're doing remarkably, if I hadn't seen any of this season and I was guessing where everybody was, I just associate them with more success than they're currently having. Yeah, they're having a very bad season. Mm. Gasly 16th, Tsunoda 15th. Um, Helmut Marco's got Tsunoda, a, a therapist. Did you read about that? <laughs> no, I didn't. So Helmut Marco was like, listen, man, you've got to stop cussing out everyone when it doesn't go your way. And Tsunoda probably went, fuck you. And he went, all right, I'm getting you a therapist. That so, seems like a really nice and like it's amazing. non- It seems like a non-Red Bull thing to do. Yeah. Like, you. hey, you mentioned- going for a poo too many times in Drive to Survive. You're out. It's bad for branding. We're going to talk to you about... Yeah. need to get you in a room with a therapist. I have nothing on AlphaTauri. I don't... I think that uh, it's really funny that how much they're leaning into... Because you know AlphaTauri is a fashion... It's a clothing company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I did because you mentioned the other day that you've yeah. gone past the clothing store. And I find the whole idea of... So AlphaTauri is... Was Toro Rosso. It's a Red Bull junior team, but Red Bull had the smart move to go, hey, why don't we start clothing company? So it is a Red Bull clothing company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because yeah. Red Alpha Bull, Bull essentially are... Yeah. It's just whatever you can create the greatest markup in is what they're interested in. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely insane. So these clothes are going to be made for what? Like nothing. And so, and who's going to buy these High clothes? High fashion outfit. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Oh, F1 need to issue retro merch. It's one of the things, whenever I see the, I always, I always want to wear F1 merch, but it's all horrible. All the team shirts. Yeah. It's such a weird disconnect where you see someone fixing the wheel on a car and you'd be like... I think I want that shirt. Like it's, it's the only sport really where you wear like what the engineers wear. And I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like going out or sort of celebrating my fandom for a particular driver or team in a sport and go, I like poker stars. <laughs> I really want people to know about poker. Like it's so also. Do like, you, you know like how, Salesforce? You know how we. Is that a Salesforce t-shirt? Like, no, it's we, actually a Haas team shirt. We see DHL or we see, you know, Red Bull or whatever, Liquid Molly on these hoardings so that, and they put them there so that we see them, so that we research whatever it is and we might want to use it. We have a company, maybe we use Liquid Molly or maybe we're at, you know, an LCD sound system gig and we want to take some Liquid Molly or whatever. <laughs> but do you think that it works on the drivers too? Because Red Bull. Like so, Perez and Verstappen both have on the halo it, PokerStars.com. So do you ever think they're driving? It's like, oh, turn three is difficult. Oh, I must remember, yeah, I remember to bet on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think that um, every week Charles Leclerc probably gets an email um, that's going, you have, still haven't activated your Snapdragon membership. <laughs> like, there must be so many sponsors that they just don't engage with that they have free stuff for. <laughs> Uh, speaking of sponsors, in seventh place, um, Haas. I mean, I mean, oh my God! Talk about like who had an unbelievable race, unbelievable, and also if, I know this is a kind of incredible uh, oversimplification and something that the layman would say, but it is so funny to me. Like Formula One is so funny to me in that you have this like Haas team, and I want to be in the meeting before the race where somebody said. Should we make it a bit faster this week? <laughs> Do you want to go? Because last week we were slower, weren't we? And that meant we finished badly or like two weeks ago. So like, and we went fast last week. We got some points. So I reckon stick with the fast thing. <laughs> that seemed to really work for us. Lewis was in the car saying, their straight line speed is amazing, man. Um, that, that's not that's okay. Quite, that was good. That it, was a good Lewis bad. impression. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, straight line speed. It was, it, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't amazing, but it was like something else. Wasn't yeah. It? Crazy. They're straight line. They're straight line. Yeah, straight line speed crazy. is crazy, man. Yeah. Um. Um. I. I. I always want to sing when I see the Hass. I always want to sing. Yeah, this Hass is on fire. But given that the the Ferrari was actually on fire, mm. I mean metaphorically on fire because of their race performance. Race performance. Schumacher sick. Schumacher sick. Okay. Two Schumacher things about the weekend. Number one, he was really pissed off in the paddock. Oh, after the sprint race. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, because he was faster He was faster than Magnussen. He yeah. said he was faster than Magnussen. I mean, it's my favourite thing when any driver's stuck behind their teammate and they go, um, can we swap? Um, can we, Daddy, can I have her ice lolly? I want my sister's ice lolly. It looks a bit tastier the than mine. The funniest thing is, like, I'm faster than the car in front. Yeah, cool. Overtake it then. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I'm going faster than the car in front. You're not, you're behind it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you were faster than it, you'd be ahead of it, but you're yeah. not, so you're behind. So that's how it's worked. Like that's how it worked in qualifying. You went slower, you were behind. Now you're still behind because you're not going faster. Have you not seen Formula One before? Because that's how it works. You go faster, you overtake. Yeah. I know it's not that simple, but, no, but it is crew, very I do, amusing. I do think the pit crew are literally going, um, and when the driver goes, yeah, I think I've got a bit more straight line speed. Can, can we swap? We can always swap back. I think that when they go, yeah, hang on, we're just checking on that. They're not looking at stats. They're turning off all their radios going, all right, whose turn is it? And who's going to be the least pissed off? Or they just do that thing where, like, if you say, hey, can we do a thing? And I go, I don't want to do that. But I go, yeah, I'll just check uh, with Jesse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, I, and then I, wait, I wait five minutes. I don't check with Jesse. And they go, oh, no, Jesse, I can't. Busy. Yeah, it's like when you meet someone who you haven't seen for a while and you go, we should get a drink sometime. Mm, such not- a huge sometime. Can I ask a question uh, that maybe you'll know the answer to? Is it coincidence or not that... The Ferrari had a great weekend, the same weekend as Haas Ferrari. No, I think that their engine is uh, on point. I think they're swapping notes. And also it seems like altitude suits the car. Um, but are, are Is we- Haas to Ferrari as Alpha Tauri is to Red Bull? Mm-hmm. Is it that closely linked? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, enjoying Mick pissed off like he was his dad. It was the first time I've seen him. First time. And, and the whole world saw it and went, oh my God. More of this, please. He has fire. But it wasn't petulant. It was like desperate. It was annoying. It was, was, he was almost in tears. It felt like he was almost, he did that thing where he knows, like he, he was being questioned about it by whoever was doing the questioning for Formula One that, at that moment. And he was so pissed off, tongue to the top lip. Like really kind of blinking a lot Laughing to try and keep the kids. And then doing that thing where he laughed ha, ha, to try and, because if, if he doesn't, he's just going to burst into tears. It was so good. Because, and also I really enjoyed um, Lewis trying to overtake Mick, but K-Mag hanging back enough that Mick could use the DRS to stay ahead of Mick. And, and then at a certain point, Magnuson just went, hang on a minute, logically here, Lewis is going to eventually overtake Mick, which means he's then going to overtake me. Fuck it. <laughs> and then he just, just sped off. I think that's another reason why Schumacher Fuck was pissed it. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he went, I, if I had, give me your DRS, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me, let me sh- share your sandwich with me on the bus is essentially what sharing DRS is. Yeah. But uh, in the race, Schumacher had the best of it. Oh and- my God. I also really like watching Mick pissed off, but wearing that sh- silly one and one hat. Mm. You know, that blue, it's such a dumb sponsor. Yeah, you know what yeah, it is? Yeah. No. It's domain name web purchase. Oh, he might as well be in a GoDaddy cap. Yeah, it's a really dumb, it's like going, I think I want, should we buy um, dirtyairpodcast.com? And you have to go on one and one to do have it. Have we bought that? Uh, no, we have. We don't have a website. No. No, should we? No. What do we need a website for? I'll just say the podcast on it. Yeah, it's here. Everyone right. knows it. it's on your phone. Fi- you're the- listening to it right now. You don't. Yeah, you, we don't you, need a website. We've already done the. the you, job. you are listening to it. So one on one doesn't need to exist. Yeah, you heard this right. Um, also, Mick said um, the the uh, interviewer went. Does the pressure from Gunter help? And he went. Direct quote: um, Pressure from Gunter helps lighten the candle under the bum. Did you, <laughs> do you remember? Did you see Mick saying that? I I didn't. Helps. What he's really saying is it lights a fire under your ass. Yes, but he was just going, like, his brain just started screaming, synonyms, synonyms. <laughs> Lighten the candle under the bum. Yeah. It's Light sound- the candle as well. It's not. Yeah, but that's just candle. lost in translation. But sure. I just think candle under the bum, it sounded a bit sexy. Mm. I'd like a, I'd, I wouldn't say no to a candle it under the bum. It sounds like something, that it's like, it sounds like a hair removal process that you'd have at an <laughs> expensive salon. Um,. Oh, okay, yeah. so we're just going to put the candle under the bum. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me put some massage music under this. Okay. Hello, sir. Mm. Are you here for the candle under the bum treatment? Well, that, in fact, Smacky Bottas looks like he's had a bit of candle under yeah, the bum. Yeah, Bottas had he? a bit. Speaking of Bottas. Yeah. Um, we, oh, oh, oh. Speaking of Bottas, he's, he's on the table next to Mick in the massage room. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. he? They're in a shared massage space. Yeah, very nice. Both lying there and their hands accidentally touch in the middle. <laughs> That was in sixth place. Um, Alfa Romeo, um, also Ferrari. Yeah, uh, Bot Bot in se- in, a, in a pretty good ninth, and a Joe the not the greatest Joman this week in seventeenth. 
yeah, not a great week for Joe, given the week he had before. I mean, a better week than the week before. He didn't flip into a fence. Yes. Um, did I tell you that the friend, the fence contractor for the Silverstone race, did I mention it last week? Shout out to the... Yeah, shout out to the... the I tweeted during the race that, that the Silverstone fence contractor must be very pleased with themselves at that point. Yeah, some great work. And they replied. Hard work pays off. Yeah, they replied. And it's somebody who works for the fence contractor. I don't think it was Mr. Fence. Yeah, I don't think it was Silverstone Fence da- Darren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Claire. Not just saying. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, bot, bot. I mean, I don't really have much. It was a bit of a dud weekend for them. Time for smacky bot, bot, bot. Yeah, I have nothing to say on Bottas this week. Uh, Aside from seeing him in the private jet and going, oh. Yeah, just a nice moment. And it was a pretty unremarkable race in that I don't think the race director was particularly asked about anything that he was doing. During that race, uh, sorry, after the race on the aeroplane, what drink does Bottas order on the private plane? Club soda. And he calls it a club soda. Doesn't call it sparkling water. Doesn't call it fizzy water. Doesn't call it... uh, it's club soda because he saw the Godfather and he remembered how club cool uh, the, um, Michael Corleone looks when um, Fredo orders a banana daiquiri, please. Just a club soda for me. And he remembered that and went, a club soda is a good, healthy drink and a way to sound cool whilst not drinking. In fifth place, Okay, what a great week for Fernando Alonso. There's something in the air that night. That's, that's too long. We're Brian. Fernando Alonso. Alonso. Finishing in 10th would have finished in. <laughs> it's too long. I got to come up with a shorter thing for Fernando. I mean, he finished in 10th. He would have been a fifth or a sixth, but they pitted him late. However. He heard the drums, didn't he? He heard the drums and and the the wagging of that finger to the to the beat of the drum. It's the most Fernando Alonso. It is the perfect distillation of his character into one moment to take his hand off of a Formula One racing wheel <laughs> going 190 miles an hour to turn. And it's not like he did this on a straight. He did this whilst going into turn three, which you'll notice, you'll remember from the race, was actually everyone's hardest corner. And he started wagging his finger at Pierre Gasly. You haven't given no, me enough. We, no, it was at Yuki. Oh, well, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, Alpha yeah. Tauris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, no, 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 you don't do that. We need a wagger of the week. Last week it was Bonotto, waggy wag 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 at mm, Charles. Penfold. And, yeah, and this week it was waggy. We need wag of the week. Wag Alon- of the week. Alonso. I, I swear to God, he was like about to cut him off and stop the car and get out and be like, what did you do wrong there? <laughs> it's so what, Shut up, Yuki. Shut up, Yuki. <laughs> Listen to me. What did you do wrong there? You're a Formula One driver. We hold ourselves to a higher standard. Bend, o- bend over the car. Bend, don't, you're embarrassing yourself here. You're embarrassing. <laughs> this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Okay. Bend over. Why do we not <laughs> cut drivers off during the race? Oh God. It um, was, um, it, I mean, the, the, who got the, did, was it? Who got driver of the race? No, who got the penalty? The who five second penalty. Sales force driver of the race. At the beginning of the. Uh, George. George got penalty. I just didn't I get yeah, that. We need to, we'll get into the penalties as we get to Red Bull. Um, uh, okay. But uh, Ocon is, I think Ocon's my driver of the season. The man's finishing in fifth. He has a multi-year contract and a stylist. Mm. He is, a, talk about any driver who is smashing life. He's just polite. He's nice. There's, you never hear anything. Esteban Ocon did this. Nothing. He finishes the race. He goes and hangs out with his lovely girlfriend. Yep. He goes to the Louvre wearing his, if you haven't seen it, go on Esteban Ocon's Twitter or Instagram and look at him and his missus at the Louvre. If you've ever wondered what someone who has just got a stylist would oh, look yeah. like, he's wearing shoes that look like something Billie Eilish threw away after Coachella. Yeah, he and looks, they look like tractor tyres. Yeah, and it looks like he's got a Prada bulletproof vest on. It's a onesie. It's like a boiler suit. Yeah, it's like, it's if you went to Manumission, but were like, it was a farmer themed evening. He might be having, <laughs> he might be driver of the season so far, but I think his stylist is under performance of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his stylist has DNF'd. Um, every every race that he's been employed for, Ocon. If your um, if your stylist is listening to this, just please. Just, Ocon, you were doing fine. You you know, crap jeans and a t shirt no, that sort of slightly doesn't fit. He just needs to wear a nice suit. Can you imagine if he rocked up in like a linen suit with a uh, with socks? 
Oh yeah, with socks or like a nice sort of straight fit, like cotton twill number, oh, like in an baby, Italian in baby blue with a white shirt and a black tie. <laughs> oh god, mm. yeah, that that's what Ocon should. He, Ocon is. Um, He's, uh, you know, like when the Arctic monkeys um, stop dressing like nerds mm. and he, 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 Ocon is essentially, he's a first album Weezer dressing like a fifth album Arctic monkey. There we go. Right. Does and that it, make it, sense? It's well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's also the, it's the most you joke you've ever made. <laughs> he should be. He's a natural nerd. Lean into it. I know. But he's dressing like when Alex Turner was all slick back, like a karaoke Elvis. Yeah. It's like, I bet his girlfriend, like he, he came down in the morning after his first like stylist, he put on his first stylist outfit and it's like Sandy at the end of Greece. And like, <laughs> and, Sandy. <laughs> and his girlfriend goes, Esteban! What up, stud? Tell me about it. Fourth place, McLaren. Okay, um, uh, seventh and ninth. I mean, for an underperforming car that they, you know, they both flipped off. Like it says during the race that they. Seventh and twelfth. Sorry, seventh and twelfth. Um, seventh and ninth in the championship. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I've got it up on the screen yeah, right. if you want to. Uh, so that felt passive aggressive. Seventh and ninth. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> um, I've got up on the screen, Josh. Um, flipping off the car. I it, it reminded me of. Do you remember when Kimi Raikkonen flipped off Lewis at the 2019 Austrian Grand Prix? I do remember that, but I don't that remember was why it was. So because those when Norris and Ricardo gave the finger, I think they were giving the finger to their underperforming car. They said it was. They said that they were giving the finger to themselves as they drove past the straight. So weird, isn't it? Who the fuck do these people think they are? It's Education so weird. secretary. Yeah, where's their Seb Vettel um, role model fine? I thought that joke deserved more, but whatever. Uh, education. Se- oh, the education's because she gave. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is that was a good joke. Thank you. I think when Kimmy gave that finger, there was like a badass man cut off out on the oh, driving, out, exiting Starbucks, swearing at someone angrily in my in Florida. Yeah, so much of it, like whether or not it's likable, is to do with whether or not you like the driver. I mean, and actually, how well you perceive a driver to be doing is about who they are. In my brain, like, and Esteban Ocon is having a brilliant season, but he's sort of an afterthought because he doesn't have Alonso's personality. Whereas Alonso's, per- Alonso's personality means you always notice where he is. You always remember where he's come. You mm. always remember his moments. Esteban Ocon, despite being in the same car, much more unassuming. And therefore you just, how good a season he's having sort of goes under the radar. And I think history will shine a very kind light on Esteban Ocon and Valtteri Bottas for that matter. I think Bottas is going to go down as the greatest sporting driver in history. Mm. And I, it's totally fair that he's trying to build this team and get a reputation for himself as, you know, the headline act. Mm. But his fate is, if it is sealed, it's very good. And I think Ocon is, I just think he's going to be so loved as he gets older. There's not much to love about him for, in the new world of Formula One. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's not a, a poster boy. He's not an Instagram star. He doesn't create like meme content, but he's just so nice crushing the results and um, driving really well in a car that is, you know, it's below McLaren. Um, and I think he's doing great. He's- I wonder who the next drivers to have that Alonso type. I think actually like people say, oh, we don't make drivers like Alonso anymore. But then I don't think Alonso was like Alonso is now when no. he was younger. Yeah. You grow into being a 40 year old bloke. You don't have that swagger at 23 because you're all nervous and weird. Yeah, he has the combined, the sort of duality of being the world, the young world champion and the man who had that meltdown at McLaren. <laughs> you know, like when you, when someone films a comedian just having a meltdown on stage mm. and it just lives there. It's like, it's yeah. like- he's, Kramer at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, yeah. Or Will Smith <laughs> slapping Chris Rock. Like, like he's had that meltdown yeah, on stage yeah. that and everyone saw. him now. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's had that bottom out. Um, Mercedes in, okay, for Mercedes being a team that are like chunking the season, George is fourth and Lewis third. George finished fourth with a five second penalty. Mm. I mean, that's an unbelievable drive from him and his gorgeous, he has eyes like a sort of, um, you know, those old dolls that you turn upside down and the eyes shut. Mm. That's what George Russell looks like. That is what he looks like. That's a good shout, actually. He's he's having a great, I mean, I don't think people are speaking too much. That's what I wanted to say. I don't think people are speaking too much about Mercedes chunking. I think there's excitement about the fact that they're slowly coming back. They have always been here or hereabouts. And it, in the context of where they've been for the last five, six, whatever many years, it is surprising to see them third. They are doing 
they're still doing badly for them, but it is exciting to see them come back and it is exciting to see them experience adversity and experience it. Also, I think they're experiencing it quite gracefully and well, including Lewis. Yeah. Uh, they're all dealing with it like spiritually quite well. And it must be a bit of a mind fuck for everybody. Yeah. They're chipping away at improving and unlocking that car. Mm. And it's interesting to see how gracious they're being with it because like uh, Horner, when he was, he sat down at Oxford university last week, a week before, and it's worth watching. It's like an hour long video on um, the video streaming website, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Yeah. It's going places that website. Yeah, I like that. And um, he has a, every question he's asked, he has a little smarmy bitchy comment. Mm. Like he talks about Daniel leaving and how much they offered him. And at the end he goes, wonder if he's happy with his decision. And then he says about himself, he's like, I'm actually um, a race car driver that's a team principal, unlike some who are um, financial entrepreneurs. Like an hour of real life. And needless to say, I had the last yeah. laugh. Alan Partridge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is exactly like the Bouncing Back book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Horner, everything. He has to have a little um, a little bitchy. I didn't make it as a Formula One driver, but I have bounced back. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And I think Toto and Mercedes generally are, hand- are handling that very well. Um, Ferrari in second. Charles uh, obviously winning the race. I loved watching him. In- His throttle was stuck at the end of the race. And he's like, guys, this is really scary. This is really scary. And it was like, do you remember that story of that BMW a couple of years ago where he pushed the accelerator down and then it just wouldn't stop accelerating and the guy drove over a roundabout? I don't remember that story. It's my nightmare, but I don't remember that story. And I felt like Charles, like I was watching him. They were like, all the commentators were going, this is actually very good for Charles considering he's having car trouble. He seems to be increasing the gap between him and Max. And I was like, yeah, because he can't slow the fucking car down. He's shitting himself right now. Yeah. And like when it, that's a penultimate lap turn three. I was like, I'm, I'm worried that Charles can't actually slow. He did that thing at the end where, you know, when a driver swerves after they've crossed the line, he did it before he crossed the line. And I think it was because he needed to slow the car down because he was, the, the accelerator was just stuck down. Yeah. He had to keep on getting his foot underneath the pedal yeah. and then hoik the yeah. pedal up after he'd accelerated. And then it, I don't think that despite the fact that a lot of people this season are talking about Charles finally fulfilling the potential that everybody knew he had, even when he was back at Sauber doing his, you know, impressive wheel spinning 180 things. He seems to be like last year, last week, sorry, he finished fourth despite like having half a nose, whatever <laughs> that was wrong with the car then. He, this week he was having to, like, this is the most complicated machinery on planet earth. And he was having to hoik his foot underneath the accelerator to get it back up to stop him careening into the liquamoly hoardings. <clears throat> like he's doing incredibly well, despite so many problems, despite being put on the wrong t- Five weeks ago at Monaco, he was put on the wrong tires and then they fucked the race for him. Think about if he had been strategically managed correctly, how tight the race would be, right? Uh, the, the, driver's championship would be right now. Do you remember in like wacky races where before the race, Dick Darcy would like spray a can of adhesive glue spray to the bottom of someone's accelerator. You think that, that I think Yoss, I think Yoss, Yoss went in. Think Yoss, yeah, yeah. I just want to look at the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a tight, like it sets in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're not allowed to touch other people's cars, are you? So it's the great loophole. Just, I'm not touching, just spraying. <laughs> not touching, just spraying, just a little spray spray. Uh, first place, Red Bull. Uh, Max Verstappen's current lead, uh, 208 points to Charles's 170. So there's a big whopping... 38-point um, gap. Yeah, there's a big fat whopper gap between... Smaller, though, than Charles's lead over Max was after however many races. I did enjoy watching the, um, the deflated Orange Army about halfway through the race. It was a great race for Red Bull not to win. Yeah, exactly. Given it's one of their nine home races. Mm. And also Max, um, we need to talk about this. Let's just finish on this. We need to talk about Max in the green cool down room after the race. When Lewis walked in, he was looking so hard. Lewis walks in on the right. Ah, man. Ah, man. Oh, can't believe I'm here. And Max 
refusing to look at him, looking so hard, <laughs> looking hard at like really boring race replay crap, like looking hard at nothing on the screen. And then as soon as Charles walks in, he was like, oh, oh, that was a great, oh, what happened to, what happened to, you know, Checo, like, and just like, you know, oh, what happened to Carlos? His engine exploded. He just, he just couldn't look. At, and then on the podium, I don't know if anyone has ever noticed this, Max never sprays Lewis. He can't look at him. It's like he fancies him. It's <laughs> what it really reminded me of the cool down room is, you know, when like two parents get divorced and they like, they can't talk to each other. They've got to carry on living together for a little bit before they like, before whoever finds a new place, finds a new place. So they're in the living room together. They don't want to talk, but they, they keep on making awkward noise. Lewis got in the room and went, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkward noises just to try and fill the time. And then as soon as Charles walks in, it's like the kid. Hey, champ, how's it going? Oh my God, you're here. You're the chat. Yeah, you won the race, man. Good for you. I know your mum told me not to, but guess who bought you a new Super Soaker? <laughs> super Soaker. It's um, it's so funny. Like he can't even spray. It, what it is is, I don't think it's Max. I think it's just been fed to him that Lewis is the devil, mm. that Lewis is this monster. And given the year they had last year, I think the fact that he, I think that Max's hand, like you know, that crash is, I think, affected his psychology a little bit. But he just can't even, he can't even look at Lewis. And he said that little bitchy comment this week. That was, um, he said. Uh, after the Silverstone, he went, yeah, it was nice to have that little fight with um, Lewis. It's nice that at 37 years old, he's finally managed to learn how to hit an apex. It's ugh. Like, ugh, mate, that's not you talking. That's like when, you know, that's, that's his daddy talking through him. And uh, I, think he's, I think he's been told to have this bravado. I'm, I'm starting to see through it a little bit. It doesn't seem like it's him. He's like an automaton. That's like absorbed this information from Christian and Yoss. So there's like his natural demeanor, which sometimes comes through. He's just a big fat nerd. And then it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where he's got this information. He's been programmed, inculcated by sort of state propaganda from his parents. Mm. You, you hate him. You hate, that's the enemy. Hate the enemy. Yeah. It's like his, it's like he had, he, he finishes at 10 PM when his dad goes to bed. His dad lets him stop playing risk where his dad's hitting him, telling him how to infiltrate other countries. And he goes, oh, I'm just going to have a glass of milk before I go to bed. But then he puts on a really sweet cartoon alone with the volume very quiet. Mm. You know, he watches the ending of E.T. once his dad's gone to bed so he mm. can learn about compassion and love and friendship is what it feels like with Max. I just, I'm starting to not buy that he's the bad guy. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's like so many of these things, you see some guy who's a prick and then you, then you see their parent. It's a weird one. Anyway, I'm all, I'm here. I'm all for it. Join, uh, join us a week after one well, next week. We're going to be doing uh, an off race week, which means oh, a new episode of day in the life, a day in the life. My, um, my favorite. Send us your messages. Who do you want a day in the life of this week? Um, I'm tempted to go Nico Rosberg or Hulkenberg. But Hulkenberg's an Hulkenberg interesting one. Good. I do like, I I think we were onto a good thing with the uh, Rosberg idea. Mm. I also like Jensen Button. I also like Brundle. I think Angela could be good as well. Angela is a great one. Um, I believe we're doing our first bit of video footage as well. Toto, yeah, look out for the, look out on the YouTubes because we're going to- We're taking over to YouTube. Going to start experimenting with footage on YouTube. Um, and uh, join us um, next week for uh, more Dirty Air, uh, ahead of the Formula One Lenovo Grand Prix de France. Um, Is it another Lenovo one? It's another Lenovo. Get your ThinkPads out, everybody. <laughs> uh, but join us next week uh, for more Dirty Air. I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this was Dirty Air. I've got to get higher and you've got to get lower. Well, I was out drinking after the taping of my special, so my voice has an extra dirty air oh, kind of and, quality to it. And this is Dirty Air. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. Good luck, we're rub off when I shake hands with you. Or blow me a kiss. And that's lucky too. Now as the ladder of life has been strung, you might think a sweep's on the bottom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 